With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. This is Edward Yoho. This is this week's edition of Book of Secret Knowledge. I'm your host, Edward Yoho. And now, the Book of Secret Knowledge. Okay. Again, this is the Book of Secret Knowledge. Episode 1, March 2nd, 2016. We have a caller, please. Hello. Yes, we have our first caller. Uh, Who's calling? This is John from... East of the Rockies. Uh, hello, John. Uh, you are on Book of Secret Knowledge, Episode 1, March 2nd, 2016. What would you like to talk about today? Well, I'd probably like to ask a few questions, if I may. Okay, we have a little lag in our – we're getting our engineers set up here. Uh, but go ahead, John. Go ahead and ask a question. So tell me, uh, what makes the Yohos uh, so fiercely independent? Well, that's a great question. Um, let's talk about the name, number one. I think we can get into that portion of it because that's what makes us independent is the name, Yoho. Wouldn't you agree? I think so. So what do you think, or what do you think makes us so independent? Let's, let's, let's start there. Well, I think maybe our ancestors fought in the Revolutionary War, so that's some uh, independent uh, thinking right there. Any others? That's a good idea from a standpoint of baseline. But what does that mean today? I mean, has anybody thought about that as a YOLO, what it means to be independent? I say no a lot. Well, from my perspective, it's an attitude of, well, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it, and if you don't like it, too bad. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that when you're growing up as a Yoho, you have to explain what your name means. 
and you have to understand that you're going to get, you know, somebody that's going to make fun of you. So you got to stand up for yourself. And you can also have a, a sense of humor and have fun with it. So how did you explain yourself growing up as a yoho? What would, what would you tell people? Well, what I would say is, uh, yes, it's a great name, and I have a good time with it. And then they would say, yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. I'd say, that was, that's a good one. Okay, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have an answer, <laughs> and that, in in and of itself, was not a good answer. <laughs> so let's give let's give some of our listeners an answer. What is your best answer as you sit today? Is that the next. Uh, yes, that's our yes, uh, our uh, caller. Yes, our caller. I was asking you a question. I really don't know. Well, I think I have the answer. We're part pirate, and not butt pirate. I'm talking about pirate. I'm talking about the fact that you know our. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, let's 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 move on to our next topic on the Book of Knowledge, episode one. Again, this is March second, two thousand and sixteen. This is really our uh, in you know our test uh, show right now. So we're going to work out the kinks with some of our sponsors and some of the engineers a little bit later. So let's talk about one of the things that we wanted to launch was the book of knowledge or the intelligence and the awareness quotient of future generations. So let's talk about what you're trying to create here, John. What what are you trying to create with the AI model? Well, it's actually the opposite of what scientists are trying to create now, which is uh, artificial intelligence uh, or AI. Um, there's a lot of scientists for the past 20, 30 years who have been focused on creating an artificial mind um, so that they ultimately could transfer their knowledge into that artificial mind and hopefully their soul so that they could potentially live forever and be a god. Now, uh, I'm not a god, nor do I pretend to be, um, and that's not my intent on this. Um, So, The opposite of that is what we call IA, which is, uh, think of it as a a matrix of intelligence versus awareness. And the concept uh, goes like this, is that as you you think of a person's lifespan between birth and death, and they have a certain intelligence peak, Um, and then... uh, equally, they have from birth to death, they have a certain what we call awareness or emotional awareness peak where they're aware of themselves, their surroundings in not only their time time horizon, their, their lifetime, but where they stand in the time horizon of previous generations and what their progeny will, will do beyond, uh, beyond them. So when we think about this is that there's a... 
you can naturally plot for an average human lifespan of, say, 70 or 80 years, that the peak of intelligence for for human beings and peak awareness, emotional awareness level, is somewhere an average of the 35 to say 55 years of old years old. So there's a a time there between birth and 35 to 55 where individuals are gathering a lot of different knowledge, a lot of different intelligence uh, factors are at play through formal education, through reading, through uh, uh, you know, learning things the hard way. Um, and then they're also, um, through their experiences and through their relationships, uh, through sometimes through their faith, sometimes through, um, you know, worldly experiences, their emotional awareness level of themselves and where they stand in the universe. Um, so the challenge that we're thinking is not only do we, you know, one, as human beings are aware that this is a situation that, you know, there is a peak, but also how do we, um, as intelligent beings, how do we lower that, that peak for other individuals beyond our time time horizon, beyond our lifetime? Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And so really what you're trying to do is you're trying to have, instead of a 20-year period, maybe a 40-year period of peak intelligence. Is that correct? Well, that's correct. So, you know, it all goes back to to this concept of that, um, you know, we don't really believe that humanity as, you know, homo sapien as it currently stands is the peak of human evolution. Uh, it's not the peak of humanity, both from an intelligence factor uh, or emotional awareness level. Um, we, you know, I, there's... Uh, think of evidence will be found over time that uh, actually happened thousands and tens of thousands of years ago, um, and that those the knowledge and that awareness level was was lost and uh, you know through various reasons, and we are regaining um, through very slowly and clumsily, I might add, a lot of that intelligence. Now that. How does that represent itself? It represents itself in the last 100, 150 years in all the wonderful technologies that you see around us from uh, microwaves and televisions and air travel and space travel uh, to iPads and iPhones, um, all amazing devices. And it shows that we're, we're finally catching up technology-wise to potentially where we were. There seems to be, though, a gap when it comes to our emotional awareness level and that we have this technology, but we don't know how to apply it, not only within our own time frame, our own existence, but what is the perspective of this technology previous to our lifetime, you know, 10,000 years ago? Um, There's a bit of hubris there when it comes to our understanding of where we stand in the universe and I think that's going to be challenged here in the next 10 to 15 years, and we'll find out that we're not at the pinnacle. We're actually at the very trough of intelligence, and we're even lower emotional awareness level in the fact of you know how we take care of each other and how we act as individuals is, uh, is about as low as humanity's ever been. Does that make sense? It does. So just to kind of back up, so is it your intent, 
with creating this book of secret knowledge to, number one, put a baseline or a fine point on where we are, and, but then also go back in time and then go forward? Is that is that really your intent of creating this book of knowledge? Yeah, I mean, the only way to, yes, the only way, in short, is yes. The only way to go forward is you have to go backwards. And the the and that doesn't mean we can't we can't always go backwards and understand everything in the past, but we need to we need to recognize that humanity had superior technology and far superior uh, average uh, emotional awareness in, uh, across humanity uh, tens of thousands of years ago, and that their their while their lives may have been shorter, may have been longer, we don't know. But they they were able to capture and catapult and slingshot their their progeny uh, well beyond what we are currently doing with our civilization. And that is uh, for anyone who's a parent, that's a it should be a wake up call. Is that for all of our technology, uh, for all of our supposed intelligence right now? Um, we're literally rubbing two sticks together when it comes to how we educate ourselves and also our emotional awareness, which um, uh, it's going to be in my upcoming book, um, IA, the, the counter to AI. Um, we'll all describe a little bit more about this emotional awareness level and, and how that we're tracking that over history. Well, that's an interesting thought. So you've got your original book of secret knowledge that you're actually, uh, it's an audio book, and then you're going to have another companion to that, which uh, I think we'll all look forward to seeing on Amazon and at a bookstore near you. So um, going going back in in time or going forward, can you explain how you became aware of this? Yeah, it's it's a fair question. Um, for me, I think back to um, uh, things that I held on tightly as uh, coming out of my my formal education as a scientist um, with, in computer science, um, and I had uh, minor education in anthropology, which is the study of people um, and really ancient peoples. I've always been fascinated by uh, ancient peoples, specifically Egyptians and the Greeks, uh, Romans, and and you know my natural sense was I didn't have any data points is that they were far greater than we gave them credit for, and greater in the sense of their their perspective was um, not just their own timeline that they're on Earth, but they really thought um, from a consciousness level. Um, multi-generational and not so much in in some cases in their own ego and vanity for their own their own progeny but also just in the the health of their their nationality or their country or their their people um, so at one point when I was coming out of my formal education I had all these dogmatic views on the world as typical young people do um, that you know, you're really taught a certain way uh, formally to here's what's happened, here's the thinking, here's the latest theory, um, and that became dogma for me. 
And then at one point when I was in uh, a Northern Illinois University uh, library and I found a book written in 1977 by an author by the name of Tompkins. And in this book, Tompkins wrote about all the advanced mathematics that were in the Great Pyramid, uh, Great Pyramid of Giza, right? And um, it really opened up my eyes. Number one, I didn't understand any of the math. Um, now, for a person in uh, the Greek times, all the math was very simple. It's all, you know, it's, there's a lot of Euclidean geometry. There's a lot of, um, you know, advanced, um, actually, statistics in there. Um, but there's, there's just an amazing amount of math. And so it really opened up my eyes to the concept of that, number one, um, that these structures were built uh, in my opinion, built by um, pretty advanced uh, human civilization, um, but they probably predated uh, the individuals that built them according to modern Egyptology in the 24, 2500 BC timeframe, um, that they predated them. Um, and the mathematics in it was just fascinating when I read this book. And again, I didn't understand it, but I knew enough that there was some truth in it. So from there, that told me that there was more hidden knowledge, that there was, there was more things that we needed to explore, that I needed to understand, and that led me towards reading about you know, some of the things that the Romans had done and, and the Greeks and, and other uh, you know, quote-unquote ancient civilizations you know, that are you know, known written history. Um, and it led me to believe that there's probably a lot that we, it's uh, completely covered and hidden from us that is lost to written history um, that's more probably verbal, uh, you know, or lore, legend that, that's out there. So having said that, how are you going to find the actual truth? What is your methodology? Um, or is it really just going back into more of a uh, historical uh, uh, hunt to find the truth, but I guess how are how are you really going to find the answers that can then propel us into the future? It's yeah, it's that's a fair question. It's for me, it's not necessarily finding truth. It's more uh, in the line of a line of thinking, a line of questions that challenges traditional thinking. And traditional thinking for myself, not traditional thinking for popular science or uh, uh, popular culture, in a sense of making bold statements about oneself and where they stand in the world and trying to solve for it. Um, the The reality is there's a lot of <laughs> actually written text that proves a lot of the a lot of the theories that you know that man is is not at, at our pinnacle. Of, of at, even at a minimum of, of intelligence. Um, so it, it really comes down to, um, like all good, good things, man is an explorer and a voracious appetite for understanding. And I think that the being able to develop the right questions and to quickly discern and understand the meaning of those questions and not necessarily answers is the critical factor. 
you know, are in asking the questions, you know, where are we um, as far as intelligence level as a humanity today? That is a very high-level thinking question for our civilization right now. There's not a lot of people out there thinking, you know, how smart are we as a, as a world? You know, how emotionally aware are we as a world? Um, so thinking those thoughts is is the first step. And then as we get to that, that level of thinking, it's it's like a, a stair, stair step towards what are the next questions to ratchet up the species. Because the ultimate goal is to ratchet up the thinking of the species, is to continue to ask those questions and challenge ourselves mentally. Uh, because uh, when you put aside all the electronics and the iPhones and all the rest, at the end of the day, what you have is the pursuit of knowledge. And, you know, truth, as anyone who's taken a logic course in college, um, it, 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 truth is, is sometimes debatable, sometimes truth is absolute, but what is important is, is asking what questions that matter to you as an individual and then ultimately ratcheting, ratcheting up the, the intellect of the, of the species. I think in the long run that's going to uh, benefit us all. Okay, so, so your methodology is the, so, the Socratic questions and would you then say that you're going to build a vessel or a ship to then store those questions and then continually, you know, move that ship through time? Is that is that how you visualize that creation of of this you know secret book of knowledge? I think it's that's it, a it's a fair question. I think it, the challenge is that it needs to be flexible enough for individuals. It goes back to what we're really asking ourselves and questioning ourselves is, you know, is our it's really about how we currently educate ourselves. And the I firmly believe that beyond occupying young young persons' time through uh, keeping them safe or babysitting, whatever you you call you know normal education. It is allowing individuals to self-discover the things that are most interesting to them and then at the end of the day creating a storehouse to where that information could be accessed and built upon. So if you think about all the great mathematics of known written history, uh, going back uh, to the Greeks to all the way to to the Middle East where some of the great mathematicians in history uh, from Iraq, actually, in cuneiform, um, they're all based upon someone else's work. And so there has to be a natural storehouse of these things to where individuals that are are attracted to this type of questioning and this type of intellect, that they can get a base knowledge and then advance the species when it comes to great, uh, I've got this, you know, I've got this uh, string theory figured out. Uh, I've actually got chaos theory figured out, and I've, I've, I've figured these two both out. Now, with there's the ultimate universe versus ultimate universe, uh, unlimited universes, you know, is there more beyond a fin- beyond infinity? Those are the type of questions that 
as individuals that are now 35 to 55, they're, they spend their time thinking about. And as a, as a species, if we can get that, that average age down to 18, where they've learned everything from the uh, Babylonians all the way through the Greeks and the Romans, to the Europeans and the American, you know, the modern American society uh, mathematicians and get to a point where they go, got it. Now, this is the true X factor, is the unlimited human potential to dream in not only black and white, but in color. And when it comes to mathematics, how do I advance um, chaos theory to a point where there's a whole new set of mathematics that explains a universe that we may never see. So I think those are some of the things that we have to create that storehouse. Um, the challenge is those storehouses, it has to be more of a framework that individuals can can kind of tap into and then accelerate themselves. And it should be, you know, 10-year-olds that can literally accelerate themselves and I'm sure listeners on this say, well, we've got the internet. Don't we? Don't we have the internet that has all this stuff? I don't know. I mean, maybe. So is it so is it your intent with this uh secret book of knowledge to have the storehouse of everything that you just talked about and more, both going forward and going backwards? Would this be the storehouse? Would this audio uh, vessel be that conduit? I guess that's the question as we're as we're starting off our our first recording here. Is is that is that uh, adequate to just have this be an audio, or do we have to do video? Do we have to write it down? No. No, I I think this is I think like anything else, you know, if we if we get it down on some some media that matters for that time period, that's all that matters. You know, they could use could have been we could use clay tablets with a stick. You know, we have we have MP3 or video. It, it's it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's it, the main thing is just getting the information down, and the person can, you know, who has enough knowledge can interpret what this means. You know, a, a seven-year-old right now will not understand, you know, in, in our current time and age, will not understand anything of what we're talking about right now. But if we do this right, four generations from now, a 10-year-old or seven-year-old can come on here and they already know, I already know what you're talking about, and I've already built a new framework to advance, to propel, to, to, to propel the species forward in a way that we haven't even thought about yet. So the reality is the storehouse is a step. It's the thinking that we have to have a storehouse. It's the asking the questions and awareness level that we are in this uh, species together. That's the critical factor, is, is the thinking Multi, it's it's really thinking uh, non-linear when it when it comes to their uh, person's existence. That makes sense. That makes sense. So so really, what we're doing is we're taking our current technology, which is basically talk shoe. We're going to 
put as much knowledge base into that medium and then we're going to have that in a vessel that's going to that's going to transcend uh basically multi-generations and then we're counting on the future to actually make it better and find a uh a storehouse or a better media to get this uh to future generations so part of what we're doing with the uh uh Secret Book of Knowledge is we're starting to start. So in other words, we're building it, we're creating it, and it has to start somewhere. Just like there has to be first cause, this is the first cause. This is the first start of the Book of Knowledge. And really what we're doing it, in my opinion, is for our immediate family. So then we can have the storehouse of knowledge that can be passed on both for our family, but then also the things that are known to us, which are beyond just facts and figures, but goes into, you know, going into the past about what we are questioning, which I like that idea of just asking the question, because when you're asking the question, you can actually find the answers. You don't have to look at it in a book. They're actually stored stored in our DNA so I like where you're going with that, and I think it's a great opportunity for us to, uh, number one, put down on, you know, an audio blog, if you will, of what we know, then somebody can take it from there. So I'm excited about this opportunity to explore. I, I, I look at this first recording um, as the one of many that we're going to take on into the future. And, again, we want to... Uh, reiterate that this is the first uh, of the Book of Secrets. We're going to have multiple uh, volumes that are going to be included in this. So uh, just to kind of wrap up, because we're at about, uh, let's see, we're at about the half hour mark, and we have to take a commercial break. We've got to pay the bills. Um, is there anything that you would, you would also like to to talk about um, for the next half hour? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, not off the top of my head. Let me, let's, let's do a commercial break and we'll come back to that. Okay, so we're going to take a break and we'll, we'll be back here and with our next half hour of the Book of Secrets, Knowledge.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.